welcome to Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio program. Here we are. It's time to start the show. Oh, yes. I look forward to this all week long. <laughs> I rehearse it in the car on the way to the studio. Do you really? I do, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes people look at me a little strange. That's okay. As my kids say to me when I'm talking to myself, Mom, your lips are moving. <laughs> we, we know you're talking to yourself. Your lips are at least shut your mouth when you do it. <laughs> You know you guys do that. Do you ever have something important you need to say to somebody and you sort of rehearse it in your head yeah. before you actually actually say it, right? So it's a useful it's a useful skill to sort of re- self-rehearse yourself. <laughs> I do it every week. Guess what, guys? Southern Sisters Radio has our own Spotify playlist. Hey. Oh, yes, we did. And once again, we can thank our dubious, wonderful, talented producer, Nick Bean, <laughs> for creating that for us because we play, and Nick will agree, I think, with us, that we play some great music on we the show. We do play some awesome tunes here on Southern Sisters. Yeah. We, 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 we snatch some great music and play it here. Um, then Typically, it goes along with our segment ID our concepts plus it does a whole lot for sort of setting the overall mood of our show absolutely you know what i'm saying oh yeah Mm -hmm. anyway if you like what you hear on southern sisters we are in the process of uploading some of our great music uh to our spotify playlist we only have a couple of songs on there now but it's growing by the week Mm -hmm. folks. growing by the week yeah so we're gonna be putting some good ones uh some good ones on there so check out the southern sisters radio spotify playlist um, I got to tell you, we had a little adventure in my family this week, Nick. Oh, really? I didn't tell you about it ahead of time because okay. I wanted it to be fun and spontaneous and organic okay. on the air. Okay. All right. So what, what happened? So I have a, a, a college-age child. She just graduated from college, and she's home now while she's interviewing for a real job, you know, the grown-up kind of the job. The grown-up job, yes. Not the yogurt shop job, <laughs> right? But the grown-up kind of job. And uh, so I, I had a conversation with her. Um, you know what? I'm not even going to use her name. We'll, we'll leave everybody wondering as to who she is. Okay. I don't want to call her out or embarrass her. But <laughs> we did have a little conversation at the dinner table about what are appropriate rules for college-age kids that are temporarily at home while they're interviewing. You know, she's she intends to move out on her own and get yeah. an apartment soon. However, she's home now. So what are the expectations of a adult parent with an adult child? Hmm. And That's I really true. only have one and that is, I, this is what I said to her, if you are out and you are not coming home, because she's got a lot of girlfriends in Atlanta, mm-hmm. sometimes they'll just crash at each other's places, right? Yeah. I said, if you're going to spend the night at one of your girlfriend's houses and you're not coming home, just text me and let me know. I think that's fair because, you know, yeah. you're still, you, they're still your kid. Right. So you kind of want to make sure they're good and they're safe and everything's okay. Yeah. But you can't really... Tell her she has a curfew. I mean, well, you can. I, I, the but the she's advice a Earl gave adult. me was you can ask, but you can't necessarily enforce. Uh, that's true. That's and, very and, true. And I get that. You know, so I just tried to guilt her. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that, that works. <laughs> because that you works. know what? I don't know if for those of you parents that are out there, but there is no worse feeling in the wor- world than three o'clock in the morning and the child's car is not in the driveway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I've gotten those 3.30 phone calls before Okay, when I still lived with mom. <laughs> right? She's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm at so-and-so's house. She's like, okay. okay. I really would have appreciated a phone call or you, a text message. I, or I even told star. mine, one, just one letter. Text me the letter K so I know you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're alive, right? Okay, so here's what happened last week. So she ended up spending the night at a friend's house, but I wasn't able to reach her. Okay? Mm. She had forgotten that maybe about a year ago, um, she had turned on her location services. 
with my with my phone. Uh, Does that make sense? Oh yes. So I can see where she is, and she can see where I am. So of course, in the morning, then the next morning, I am using location services to like, where is she? And I see that uh, her phone is in downtown Atlanta, like at the corner of Tenth Street and Juniper in downtown Atlanta. Okay. So wow. I start to have a little panic attack, thinking, oh my, you know, did she? Is she laying on the side? What what yeah. has happened? You know, your the parent's mind goes a little crazy. So she finally gets in touch with me and she says, I lost my phone. She said, I'm so sorry. She said, I was gonna text you this morning, but I lost my phone. I can't find it anywhere. And of course, me. <laughs> I know where it is. I said to her, <laughs> guess what? I know where your phone is. It's at the corner of 10th Street and Juniper in downtown Atlanta. And she's like, oh, my goodness. We have to go find it, Mom. We have to go find it. Now, I had just had lunch. Those of you may remember my best friend, Pam, who has done the show with me a few times. Um, so Pam and I are at lunch, and she's just talking to me about what a slow week it had been. Nothing exciting was going on. It was kind of boring. And she just needed a little adventure in her life. And, <laughs> and then it's just a few minutes later that I get this phone call from Catherine that she has lost her phone. Ooh, I said her name. Oh. I just outed her big time. That's okay. So uh, my friend Pam says, let's go find the phone. I said, okay. So we went and picked up Catherine and the three girls, yes. myself included, headed to downtown Atlanta on a treasure hunt, basically to find <laughs> my daughter's lost phone. Wonderful. Because I know she didn't want to have to spend $600 on a new phone, yeah, right? No. So we're following it like detectives, right? We get downtown. We find a place to park. We get out of the car. We're walking along the sidewalk. It's a busy part of Atlanta, right? There are little restaurants around. There are, uh, you know, just, just kids and strollers and people just moving everywhere. And I'm thinking there's no way. Even though it says it's here, how do we really know? You know, because it doesn't really pinpoint it down to the square inch. Yeah, you're not going to, yeah, where are you going to find it General in this mess? Vicinity, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we're walking along the sidewalk looking in the grass. We're looking in the gutter. You know, we're looking around everywhere. One or two people stop and say to us, you know, what are you looking for? And, well, we've lost a phone. We've lost a cell phone, you know. And there were a couple of homeless people down there, you know, here and there as we're looking around. And, and Catherine finally said, you know, it might be on the other side of the street. Let's cross the street. So we went... We cross the street, and we start. We, we zoom in on the, the the little indicator, right, that tells us where the phone is. Yeah. And we're getting. We can tell we're getting closer and closer. And over about the course of ten minutes, we kind of were circling around in smaller and smaller concentric circles, getting closer and closer to one said homeless man sitting on the corner with his grocery cart. Oh no. Okay. Do you know where I'm going with this? Right. So we're getting closer to him. And finally, I say to Catherine, I think he might have your phone. And she's like, well, I don't want to I don't want to say anything. I said, well, you, you're going to have to. I said, you lost the doggone thing. You have to go talk to him. <laughs> you are the one. You have to go talk to him. So can you believe it? We just all kind of approached him together, trying to be very non-accusatory. Right. And just said, you know, I'm so excuse me, sir. Do, did you by any chance happen to find a cell phone? And, uh, or, or actually Catherine said that to him. I was trying to make her take responsibility <laughs> for it. And, uh, and he just kind of looked at us like we were crazy, you know. And then I held up my phone. I said, well, we have location services turned on. So we, we know it's right here somewhere. I don't know if that scared him. I'd like to think that he's just honest. Because, but as soon as I said that, he's like, oh, you know, I did find this thing. I did find something. I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is. I, uh, I, I haven't used it, but let, let me hold on just a second. So he stands up and starts rummaging through his grocery cart, his bags of his personal belongings, uh -huh. right? And what do you think he pulls out of his bag? Her cell phone. Her cell phone. Wow. Yeah. And we were like, he goes, is this it? I said, yeah, that's it. 
And so he gave it back to Catherine. Wow, that was nice. And then, of that course, nice we, of him. we we gave him a little a little tip for his time. You there know, you because go. it was yes. I thought it was very sweet of him to come yeah. clean about. It. He could have kept it. Absolutely. It could have been in that bag, and I would have never known. You know, very true. I really couldn't prove it. Well, good for him for I know. being honest. So about there you it, go. Right? So that's when I turned to pay him and I said, "Hey, your day just got a lot more exciting." <laughs> that's true. You went on a scavenger Man, hunt in you, downtown Atlanta, you, right? <laughs> she thought it was so. I said, "We just went downtown and found a got a uh, got a cell phone from a homeless." man see right? there you go you find the silver lining to any situation every your time your daughter lost her phone and in the turn you had an there adventure. you go so just when you think you're having a boring day you can turn on a dime yes, it really can you know what we're going to completely switch subjects here for a moment because i had a conversation this week with a girlfriend of mine who's from the south uh i'm from the south too she's more from the deep south uh, there's okay. a difference yeah there's yes, a little difference right difference. she was talking to me about the difference between dinner and supper Okay. You know, that's a question that I've always had. Have are you? they different? And if they are, which one, or and if they aren't, right. technically, which one is right? Right. Well, and, and you know what? It may not be which one is right. It could be. It, it depends a lot on where you're from. Yeah, it's a dialect thing. Yeah, and how your family used it. But dinner and supper, these two simple words are often used interchangeably to describe the general setting of the last meal of the day, right? But the two terms actually could not be more different, both in origin and meaning, right? First of all, let's define the terms. Merriam-Webster established dinner as the principal meal of the day, okay? The big one. The big one. Okay. Supper, on the other hand, actually has three definitions. It is one, the evening meal when it is eaten at midday. Does that make sense? Okay. The big meal of the day, when it's eaten at midday, is referred to as supper. Okay. It can also mean a light meal served late in the evening. Okay. Or AKA my kind of snack. Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> or three, it can be an evening social, especially for fundraising, like a supper club or something like okay. that. You know, they refer to it All like right. that. So in other words, what we refer to as the lunch hour today was actually reserved for dinner. Whereas supper, traditionally speaking, was thought of as a light meal following dinner. Does that make yes. sense? Right? Yes. Now, if you grew up in the South post-colonial era, however, chances are your association with the words have more to do with colloquial etymology rather than the time of day you sat down to eat, right? You would often hear your grandma say, supper's ready. Yes. You know, and you knew what you knew what that meant. Oh, yeah. You knew what that meant. But the interesting thing is that um Beyond regional and age differences, we can also trace the derivation of both words back to the American colonial period, okay? Uh So actually, supper came from the word originally meaning soup. It was a lighter meal. It was not the heavy five-course meal. It was a lighter meal that that was eaten later in the day. How about that? And oftentimes, back in the colonial era, and even all the way through even the early to mid-1900s, when we had... Far more farmers, oh, yeah. working farms. By far. Um, individuals had to eat their big meal in the middle of the day, so they had the energy to get through the rest of the day. That's true. Right? Well, wow. You know, a hot pocket huh. was not going to tide them over. <laughs> through the Very rest. good point. Not when you're <laughs> out there the working the fields. The day. I know it. So there you go. Now you know the difference. I say you use whichever one your grandma used. There you go. Which That's how, the right way However to do your it. grandma said it, that is the correct <laughs> way. You know what we're going to be talking about today? Uh, what okay, is that? We got, we got a list coming up of ways to become unlikable. Oh, no. I don't okay. think some people need help no, in that category, no, that's true. unfortunately. It, it comes naturally to some. We're also going to handle the great mayonnaise debate in the third segment. Uh-oh. You like that? And how about the best ways to keep your dogs cool and comfy in the summer heat? We love Fido. Mm, hang in there. We'll be right back.
welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Hmm, that could be some Herbie Hancock. Oh, yes. Y'all may remember him from the 80s. He did some really kind of funky techno techno music songs in the in the 80s, but he's that? got a huge jazz background. Oh, that's yeah. that's where he came this from. This is great stuff. Ah, I love mm. it. Um, you know, Nick, I like you an awful lot. Well, thank you. And I appreciate that. I do. I do. I just think you're you're one of my favorite human beings, and I like to think that there are at least maybe one or two people out there that think that about me. Well, I do. Well, my kids have to. You know, they're no, related uh, to me. They have uh, to like me. <laughs> <laughs> Earl has to like me. It's that <laughs> typical. I brought you into this world. I'll take you right out of it. Yeah. Okay. That's one of those things I said I'd never say, and I have. I have. At the right moment, sometimes yes. it's appropriate. But yes, it what is. I was going to tell you is one of the reasons I think I like you is you really do not have um, some of these what I call unlikable character traits. Oh, yes. I'm interested to hear this. I really want to know. Yeah, cause... I'm going to give you guys – Nick Nick doesn't need any help. He's very likable. Well, but, thanks. you know, a lot of us are walking out, walking around out there, and maybe you're wondering, gee, why, why is it that I get the sense that people don't like me? You know, you might be doing some of these things. Yeah. This is a cautionary tale, not accusatory, just cautionary. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to kind of share some uh, concepts and ideas with you, things that actually can make a person unlikable. Mm. All right? We're going to count down from nine to one. Okay? I think that's the safest way yes. to do from, it. From the, from the bottom of the list to the number one thing yeah. that will make you unlikable. Yeah. yeah, number one's a big one in oh, my yeah. opinion. Okay. Right? Okay, but number nine, we're counting down, would be sharing too much too early. Mm. Okay. Now, while getting to know people requires a healthy amount of sharing, that is true. Sharing too much about yourself right off the bat comes across wrong. Yeah. And you have to be intuitive to kind of pick up on that. You, you know, you, your listener will know when you cross the line. Yeah. And I think that uh, the, the, the sharing too much doesn't necessarily mean sharing too much information just like in an amount. Right. But getting really, really personal uh-huh. when we just sat down for 30 minutes for lunch. Thank you. Mm. Or, or confessions. Those are know. even worse. Yeah, I don't need to know about your mama's. No, no, no. Personal. No. no. Yeah, Mm-mm. I don't want to know about that. <laughs> so be careful, folks. Be careful to avoid sharing personal problems and confessions too quickly. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Now, you know, once you're, once you're BFFs or you're married to the person, then you just let it all hang yeah, out. Yeah, of course. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Likeable people, let the other person guide them as to when it's the right time for them to open up. So oversharing comes across as, well, quite frankly, self-obsessed. Bit. Right. And a little insensitive to the balance of the conversation. That's actually a whole nother segment we could yes. do. Balanced conversation. <laughs> you talk. I talk. You talk. I talk. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a give and take. It is. It's both, a ping pong game. Both people have to walk out of the conversation <laughs> learning something learning and then you something. win. Exactly. But learn, not too much. Yeah. And if I learn. I don't want to talk to you again. Yeah. Then you messed up. You messed up. <laughs> exactly. Think of it this way. If you're getting into the nitty-gritty of your life without learning about the other person, then you're sending the message that you see nothing in them more than as a basically they're just a sounding board to yeah. your problems. And nobody wants to be a sounding board. Okay? Number eight, having a closed mind. Okay. That isn't likely to make you unlikable okay now if you want to be likable you do need to have a certain amount of open-mindedness this makes you approachable and interesting to other people absolutely and that's something i just to clarify real fast for folks that doesn't mean you have to get some new idea and go wow you're so right right you can go you know i don't agree with you but i can see where you're coming from exactly everyone then we're good right just 
slow down. I know. You know what? And uh, quite frankly, the the political world, the media world right now oh, could learn a little something from this. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to change your convictions or your morals. Right. You just are willing to at least listen to someone else's opinion. We don't have to agree, but we need to get along. Right. And nobody wants to have a conversation with somebody who is unwilling to listen. So it's important. Having an open mind is crucial also in the workplace where approachability means access to new ideas and help, Mm -hmm. okay? So to eliminate preconceived notions and judgment, you need to see the world through other people's eyes. Absolutely. I just do feel like the world would be a better place if we all kind of saw it through others' eyes. Yes, it would. You know, until you've walked really in someone else's shoes, you don't, you really can't judge. No, you can't. You know, number seven, gossiping. Oh, my goodness. We had our gossip picture up a minute ago. I'm surprised this is not number one. Well, (laughs) you know what? For some people, it might be. Very true. You know, if if there's one of these things that you do more than everything else, it might be your number one. People make themselves look terrible when they get carried away with gossiping. Now, wallowing in talk of other people's misdeeds or misfortunes may end up hurting their feelings if the gossip ever finds its way to them. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's it's also pretty much guaranteed to make you look negative and spiteful. It does. You know? It definitely does. Just avoid it. The old, <laughs> the old. if you can't say something nice, don't say anything. Don't say anything that at all. It's true. A, num- a number six way to be unlikable. How about name dropping? Uh, well, this one time, you know, well, you know so-and-so who <laughs> plays for the Falcons, right? Right, right. Yeah, I know him, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I ran into him at Starbucks. I do that with you sometimes. I know him. Do you really? You like, tell I, know, me. <laughs> I know Jenny Earhart. <laughs> yeah, I know. I say the same thing about Nick Bean. <laughs> Everyone is jealous that I get to work with you. <laughs> it is great to know important and interesting people, but using every conversation as an opportunity to name drop is pretentious. And quite frankly, here's a really scientific term, silly. <laughs> Right? Spot it's, on. It, it's kind of like humble bragging, which we're going to get to later. Ugh. Okay? Now, so people are averse to those who are desperate for attention. So simply being friendly and considerate is all you really need to do to win people over. You don't need to be, you know, dropping names. No. Number five, and this is a this is a doozy, okay? Whipping out your phone while you're talking to somebody. Oh, that will make on. you instantly unlikable in my book. I will say, as a millennial... I can give exception to your phone going off and you taking a peek at it and putting it back away. Right. If you take a peek at it and it's that serious, either A, you don't need to be texting back and ignoring me talking to you. Right. Or B, you need to go, hey, I'm so sorry, but I really need to take this. Exactly. The house is on fire, emergency. Exactly. Right. Things happen. Right. So, But nothing turns a person off when you're in like mid-conversation and you you, you turn away to take a call. You know, it's just, it's just... It ain't fitting. No, it's not. You know what I mean? How about number four, emotional hijackings? Now, do you know what these are? Oh. They're ugly. All right? Now, I actually know a person who works for a company that provides 360-degree feedback assessments, and they come across far too many instances of people, like, throwing things, screaming, making people cry, other other types of symptoms that show that a conversation has turned into emotional hijacking, okay? It basically demonstrates low emotional intelligence. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. As soon as you start to show that level of instability, like you, you you lose your temper, you yell, you scream, you make somebody cry, you know what I'm saying? You are basically, people are then going to question whether or not you're trustworthy and capable of keeping it all together when it counts. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Don't be hijacking. No. The emotions. Just, just just keep yourself in check. Exactly. That's what it comes down to on that one. Just keep yourself in check. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not that. I mean, it's harder for some than others. Oh, yeah. There are Absolutely. some people who are, who are more passionate, right? But yes. you've just got to learn to use that constructively. Yeah, everyone needs to learn to walk away sometimes. Another unlikable character trait is not asking enough questions. Mm. How about that? 
Have you ever have you ever even thought of that one? Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, I I know of people who just don't ever like you said before the whole talking yeah. about yourself and all about you. Right. You know, maybe I want to talk about myself a little bit. I know. You know, you can't take that overboard. You find that balance. So you're huh. right. When someone's like, "Oh, what do you do for work?" and then they just go and they go and they go and they go and they go. Right. Like, mm. And you know, have you ever had someone do this? And this is kind of comes under this category. It's one of the biggest mistakes that people make in a conversation. You're you're so focused on what you're going to say next that you are really not listening to what the person is saying to you at that moment. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're already in your head thinking of what you're going to, and you can always tell it that that, that, that has happened because <laughs> you may, you say something that's kind of alarming or shocking and should elicit a response from them. And they're just kind of like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I did the, and you know, they didn't even hear you. <laughs> uh, yep. They didn't hear you. A uh, number two uh, way to be instantly unlikable mm-hmm. is being too doggone serious. <laughs> People gravitate toward the towards people who are passionate. That said, it's easy for passionate people to come across way too serious. Yes. Okay? They tend to get very absorbed in their work. They could be friendly, but they're just too doggone serious. Mm-hmm. Right? Laugh at yourself. You got to. You have to. Exactly. You know? Oh my goodness. Number one. Okay. The I gotta big one. I gotta All say. Right. Well, I think it's a big one. Need a drum roll. <laughs> we mentioned it already. <laughs> it's called humble bragging. Oh. Now, we covered this a little bit when we did a segment on Facebook etiquette a couple of, uh, um, maybe six months ago, mm. I guess it was. We really should do it again. Humble bragging, you know? Uh, example. Um, you put a Facebook post out there. Does anybody have a good recommendation for a storage facility? I just got to find some place to put all of Junior's awards and trophies. Ding, ding, ding. He's just got too like, many. Yeah. Oh, I know. My baby's just got too many awards. Like, you know, guys... I, I really need somebody who knows a really yeah. good uh, a boat salesman to sell yes. my massive 45-foot yacht. I just yeah. don't have room for it anymore. Oh, gee. It's like, oh, oh. What can you do, right? <laughs> Guys, does anybody have a recommendation for a really good insurance company that that, that you know that covers Porsches? Because mine... <laughs> Precisely, and unfortunately, there are a <laughs> lot of people who do that. Oh, all the time. Oh, my goodness. All the time. You know, we all know those people who like to brag about themselves behind the mask of self-deprecation, right? For example, the gal who makes fun of herself for being a nerd when she really just wants to draw attention to the fact that she's smart, right? Or mm-hmm. the guy who makes fun of himself for having a strict diet when he really just wants you to know how healthy and fit he is. Got it? <sighs> so people may think that self-deprecation makes their bragging okay, it does not. No, it doesn't. Anybody with half a brain cell sees right through that. <laughs> Ooh, you know what? This was kind of a serious segment, it wasn't was. it? I hope you don't feel like we scolded you in any way. We've all been guilty a little bit of these at one time or another. Time for some self-reflection. Hey, guys, let's still talk about mayo in the next segment. Much more lively. Bye. Turn off the telly, Nelly. Come to the table, Mabel. Now sit up straight, Kate. It's time to eat, Pete. Have a banana, Hannah. Try the salami, Tommy. Get with the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Program. It is time to eat. Oh, yes, it is. It's time to talk about food, fantasize about food. Best part of the show right Right? here. And no better place to do it, I'm telling you, than in the South. (laughs) You know, this whole uh, mayonnaise segment we're doing, it just wouldn't go over in Nebraska. No, not quite so much. They wouldn't care. But we take our mayo serious it's, down here it's in the some South. It's serious biz. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mayonnaise binds the South together. 
How do you like that? Oh, yeah. Just like the chicken and the tuna. Well, it binds it together. Mayonnaise. Thicker than blood. <laughs> it is. It, it is. <laughs> now, guys, without it, we are pimento cheese. Think of it. Without pimento cheese, deviled eggs. How about your summertime tomato sandwich? Which, by the way, I'm eating wow. a lot of this week because my garden decided to just start, you know, I'm harvesting tomatoes all at once. I, <laughs> I had nary a tomato for, you know, two months, and now I've got like 50 They're in one week. They're all coming at you, it's right? Toma- we've done tomato sauce. We've done salsa. <laughs> yeah, we've done all kinds of yummy Perfect. things. But I am telling you, and you know this, Southern sisters and the men who adore them, you know very well that a tomato sandwich in the South would not be the same without a little layer of mayo, oh, right? No, Your potato salad would lose its panache. Ooh. Your coleslaw would lose its charm. Ooh. I'm trying to think of all these things without mayonnaise. It'd be it'd be yeah, hard. But be I do impossible. know people who don't like mayonnaise. Well, uh, that's their fault. Uh, yeah, it is their fault. <laughs> <laughs> now I will say the proportion is important. You don't want too true. much mayonnaise in something because then true. you lose the flavor of yes. whatever it is, right? But Southerners' love for mayo is not as simple as the paperback romance novels you may find in the next aisle at the grocery store. There are as many different brands of this consecrated condiment. I love that. This inviolable ingredient, as there are SC football teams, and the passion they invoke is similarly inflamed. Now, perhaps your Aunt Gladys Jewel swears that only Dukes will give her chocolate cake its mystic moist texture. Maybe Blue Plate was what your grandfather smeared on his sandwiches after work. In a world ruled by chaos, folks, more so than ever, a jar of mayonnaise in the fridge may be one of the few comforting constants. Constants. To count on. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Okay? Let's let's kind of run through them. Yes. Let's, let's have a little overview, an assessment, shall we say. Okay. Okay, let's start with the mother of all mayonnaises here in the South, Dukes, mm. right? It was born of a Eugenia Dukes enterprising spirit in the 1920s. This Southern staple, this Southern staple was created to prepare pimento cheese and egg salad sandwiches for hungry soldiers who were training uh, in Greenville, South Carolina. Okay, Mrs. Duke's mayonnaise recipe became so beloved that she quickly sold her sandwich business and focused her attention just on producing mayo. How about that? We argue that it has the most balanced flavor, making it the perfect canvas, and its devoted disciples would agree. Okay, I got to say, I didn't grow up eating Duke's, but I'm definitely a convert. Oh, yes. You know, I I agree with you. I think Blue Plate was kind of the staple in our house for a little while. And then about high school time, that changed over to Dukes, and it's really? just, mm. It's got a good reputation. Mm-hmm. I like the story behind the company, you yeah, know, how it started. Absolutely. started with this woman who had the sandwich business. You know, it'd be kind of like Paula Dean coming out with her own, you know, right. Dean's <laughs> mayonnaise. You know, it could, it could, it could take Very off. Very good point. All right? So I got to say, Dukes is my personal favorite. How about those Hellman's fans out there, though? Yeah, that's another, that's a, that's been a big one down here for a long time. Right? Now, Hellman's is what I grew up on. It's what my grandparents uh, used to eat. Now, while Dukes may have a majority of people's sort of attention and devotion, Mm -hmm. perhaps the most famous of all mayo brands, and this version being a little bit tangier, okay? Mm -hmm. Hellman's is known to be a little bit tangier. Uh, than uh, than Dukes, for example. Yeah. Um, so there you have it. It's a little bit tangier. Although it has been the object of controversy in recent times per, for perhaps changing the viscosity of its formula, uh-huh. its recipe. Had you heard this? No. This is serious news. Really? Yeah, apparently they kind of fooled around with the recipe <gasps> just a little bit. Hellman's did. Come on. Yeah, and I think that maybe there was a little bit of an outcry. I would I would think so. You, you remember the whole new Coke thing back in the... Were you uh, even born then? No, 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 I wasn't. Oh, I wasn't. my gosh. I'm sorry. That just brought me right down. <laughs> I just, I was flying so high. 
just, but I but I know what you're talking about. I, I'm, I'm, yes, well, I have. Okay. I grew up here. I know my Coca-Cola no, right, history. Right. And yes, I remember the flop. <laughs> no, I, I know that, of the flop I, that is new. Coke. Don't take that personally. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy for your youth, Nick. I am. I am happy for your youth. No, but you're right. You're right. It was a. It was a big brouhaha. You they thought they bonus. could make it better. Right, and they were wrong. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't fix it. Maybe I don't know if Hellman's figured that out, and mm. I don't know if they changed their mayonnaise recipe back. Viscosity, though, that's interesting. You usually yeah. think of that in terms of like motor oil. <laughs> Good but point. <laughs> now let's talk about your beloved blue plate mayonnaise mm. or your from, something from your past, yes. right? Okay, so like there is no other city like New Orleans. Mm. There is no other mayo like blue plate. <laughs> Born across the river in Gretna, home to brands like Zatarans, right? Mm. Blue plate has a cult following and appears in select grocery stores outside of Louisiana, but it has one ingredient that does not appear in some mayo brands. You know what that is? Hmm. Sugar. Really? Yes. Although it gives Blue Plate a smidge of sweetness, it works as a counterpoint in savory recipes like chicken salad. Huh. You know, it will. It, sugar is an amazing thing, and, and a little bit in, in the way that salt works. Sugar, just a touch of sugar, can affect the balance of flavors wow. in a dish. Got something that's very acidic and tomatoey and and, and harsh. Mm-hmm. A little. I put a, just a dash of sugar like into my um into my tomato sauce. Wow. When I'm making huh. homemade tomato sauce, yeah, it just kind of balances it out. So I guess that's what's happening with the blue plate. Okay. I think that's a great. Wow. Ah, have you ever heard of Bama? B-A-M-A, Bama mayonnaise. I think I have. Have you? I think so, yeah. What that? Now, is it, is mm-hmm. it red? I don't think so. Huh. But uh, no, no, not, not the mayonnaise. I mean the label. I'm sorry. Oh, obviously, oh, oh. obviously, if your mayonnaise is red, folks, you have a problem. I mean the label for it. Oh, man. The label. I'm trying to figure out how you get red mayonnaise. That is that is not appetizing, Nick. That is not appetizing. The most beloved mayonnaise you've ever not heard of, right? Bama has a loyal legion in Alabama and Mississippi where it's still the most popular brand, although it's also sold in other over uh, 20 countries. Huh. Right? How about that? It's it's also a little bit on the sweet side and has a more of a, a lemon pronounced flavor. Wow, gotcha. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. A little squeeze. Yeah, Bama. It's got a red. It's Nick, got a Nick, red label. Nick pulled it up on his laptop. <laughs> I know my food. You do know your food. <laughs> you'll you'll never hear me complain about your food knowledge. How about Mrs. Filbert's mayonnaise? Hmm. Have you heard of this I've one? I've never heard of that. The most, uh, well, no, actually, a Virginia export is what this is. Mrs. Filbert's mayonnaise, like its advertisement that ran in national newspapers in 1958, says is a more delicate, lighter spread. The company also claims to have used apple cider vinegar, aged apple cider vinegar, no less, and a collection of imported spices that add special zest and, wait for it, bouquet. Bouquet to the mayonnaise. Huh. Whether or not that is still the case, it still claims a spot in a southern pantry. That's Mrs. Funny. Filbert's mayonnaise. I love it. Do you know one of the best ways that I would suggest showcasing a good mayonnaise this summertime? Hmm. I got to tell you, this is what I, I am doing at my house. I have a fabulous recipe for an herbed buttermilk dressing Ooh. that utilizes mayonnaise that is absolutely outstanding, drizzled on salads, burgers, no less sandwiches, raw or roasted vegetables. Mm. It is it is absolutely a phenomenal dressing or topping or condiment for just about anything, especially in the summertime. Here's what you're going to do, guys. Pull out that blender. You know you know you have it out on the counter right now All for right. those margaritas you made last night, <laughs> right? <laughs> what you're going to you know? do, what you're going to put into that blender is 1 cup of buttermilk, a half a cup of mayonnaise, brand of your choice, right? Two tablespoons of olive oil, one tablespoon of fresh lemon juice, one clove of minced garlic, 
a little bit of kosher salt, a little bit of black pepper. Now, here's where the fun comes. Throw in a handful of your favorite herbs. You could do anything, really, especially this time of year, anything from the garden, something you picked up from the farmer's market. Let's just say, for example, a tablespoon of chopped fresh chives, maybe some fresh dill, some Mm. parsley, whatever looks good, whatever's fresh, toss it in there, okay? You're going to combine all of these ingredients in the blender. You know how I like to store this is just in a mason jar in my refrigerator. It'll keep for about a week and a half. Really? It's fabulous, yeah. Huh. And let me tell you, you put the mason jar full of this herbed buttermilk dressing on the dinner table with just about anything you're making, and uh, the family's going to love it. Hmm. Love it. Yummy. Yeah. I had, a, I had a girlfriend who always used ranch dressing on her sandwiches rather than mayo. I don't know that I'd do that. Uh-uh. No. But I've been no. roasting a lot of vegetables this summer, guys. I'm telling you, I'm pulling stuff out of the garden right and left. We That's roasted... Some gorgeous zucchini and yellow summer squash this week. Uh, tossed it in a little olive oil. Roasted it uh, on a big baking sheet. I'm roasting just about everything mm. in terms of vegetables. I think that sounds that's perfect for the uh, summertime. Though. Fabulous, yeah. You know, that's and, so and even at my you know my favorite restaurant, uh, my my uh, favorite grocery store lately has been Sprouts. Oh yes, because they opened a new one near my home, mm-hmm. and it calls to me like the <laughs> sirens call to Odysseus, right? It just calls to me, and I go in there, and I'm, it's it's like I hear angels singing as I'm walking through the produce department because it's so lovely and beautiful, and they have such original items. It's a I'm, wonderful little spot. Well, you know the little baby carrots that everybody you know you had children, you had baby carrots in your house because that was for a lot of small children that's the only vegetable they'll eat. Yeah. You know the little baby. They mm-hmm. have baby heirloom carrots in a bag, oh my gosh. so you've got purple ones and yellow ones and white ones. I toss those in olive oil, roast them at 425 for about 15, 20 minutes, right? Sprinkle them with salt and pepper, drizzle a little of this herbed buttermilk dressing over them. Oh, Hello. It tastes wonderful. like summer. It tastes Yum. like summer. Hey, guys, I, we're so glad you joined us. Remember, this recipe will be on our website, southernsistershome.com. Just click on the blog, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Program. Uh, you know, we don't do a whole lot of dog segments, but when we do, I just love them. Love puppies. I just love, I, you know, you guys have probably heard me talk about Dixie the Wonder Dog on the air before. <laughs> this, is my, this is my heart and soul, this dog. <laughs> do you know that we had a rule that no dogs were allowed on our sofas uh-huh. for years? Yeah. And then, I don't know, at one point we just finally had a change of heart and said, you know what? You know, who are we kidding? What do we really care? First of all, <laughs> Dixie is a very clean, neat dog, right? She's well-groomed. Um, so I don't really, I got to the point where I don't really have a trouble, you know, a problem with her being on the sofa with me if we're watching TV or reading or something like that. Um, the problem is we trained her not to get on the sofa for so long that even now, when she's on the sofa with me, she has this sort of guilty look. <laughs> she's anxious. Yeah. Like I, she I, can't. I, I, are we, are you sh- Mom, yeah. are you sh- is Dad going to get mad? I know. <laughs> she, she's, she's not sure. You know, I keep assuring her it's cool, it's, it's chill, Dad's fine with it. But, uh, no, she's not, she's not at ease. Let's just put it that way. That's funny. Hey, guys, you know what? If you love your pets as much as I love my wonder dog, Dixie, um, then, you know, you might want to be thinking about uh, the summertime and some of the issues that may crop up during the hot weather, right? Yeah, they have jackets on all the time. Uh, right? Right. <laughs> they always have on coats, <laughs> even in the summer. <laughs> we have to be thinking about our four-legged friends and what's best for them, because a lot of times we think what's good for us is good for them, and that's not always the case. No, it's not. Um, I remember reading somewhere that dogs don't sweat. 
I don't know if you know that to be true. Yeah, it comes out. Of, that's why their their tongues hang out. Their tongues hang that's out. That's how they sweat. They pant. <laughs> that's how they give off their heat, I guess. But um, I tell you, our pets, however, do love summer just about as much as we do. And for many, it's the best time of the year to be out and about and just kind of enjoying the great weather and everything that summer has to offer. Now, while there is nothing wrong with taking your pet along with you for, you know, hikes and swimming and picnics or just running, right? Dixie loves when we go for walks. She oh, loves yeah. to come, right? But keep in mind that warm weather it can be dangerous for our pets Mm -hmm. okay it's hard for pets to keep cool because when the sun is beating down and animals don't sweat like people do right that's that can be a real problem um although you know i was actually i do remember hearing that dogs do sweat a little bit just not very much it doesn't really cool them off. No. That's do you see what I'm pay. saying? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So for those of you that may write me and say, that's not true. Dogs do sweat. <laughs> it's, it's not a significant amount and certainly not enough to cool, cool their Correct. body temperature. Right? So as you probably know, dogs more commonly cool themselves down through panting. Mm-hmm. And when there is only hot air for a dog to breathe, it is a lot harder for that dog to keep cool. Absolutely. Okay? So we're going to talk about a few things, just ways to treat our dogs during the hot weather. All right? Number one, never, ever. Ever, ever, ever leave your dog in a hot car. No. Okay. Oh, gosh, no. Right? Now, you've probably heard this one before. This is no surprise to anyone, of course. But it's so important that we still, you know, we talk about this. Because yes. people will sometimes think, I can just go inside for just a moment. And I will tell you, I, we're going to have true confessions here. Because I have done something. I've never left Dixie in a hot car. But we did have a little thing that we did sometimes. Mm. Okay, there is a, a, a certain establishment, a.k.a. Dunkin' Donuts, near my house. <laughs> and I could drive there with Dixie, right? And it had parking spaces right at the right at the curb. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a glass wall in front of it. So I could pull up there, leave the car running, run inside, get my coffee and donut in under a minute and a half, and be back in the car the whole time leaving the car running with the air conditioning. I've seen people do that before, yeah. I- I'm just feeling a little guilty about it. I mean, my only thing is I, I know that you trust Dixie. And that you love her. Yes. But how are you going to act if she steals your car? <laughs> I'm just saying. How are you going to feel if you oh. go and she's behind the wheel just looking at you as she backs out of that parking spot oh, and takes word. off? Yeah, she would. Crank, I mean, she would crank my iTunes, too, no question about it. <laughs> She'd be listening to some ACDC I mean, in about a minute. We all love our dogs. Ah, but. And here it was, the temperature I was worried about, <laughs> not the car theft. I'm so glad you brought that to my attention. So as a rule, guys, I say no, but no. you know what? I, it's just better not to do it. Um, you know, I, I remember hearing a kind of a tragic story recently about someone that had left um, a, a pet in their car with it mm. running for a long period of time, and eventually the car conked out. Yeah. See? Yeah. And so I how mean, do you, you, you just, so just don't do it. No. Now, make sure your dog, guys, is protected from parasites like ticks and fleas and mosquitoes and things like that. If not protected, did you know that your dog is at risk for heartworm? Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Oh, that's awful. Now, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, that's serious. That's where they develop spots, Mm. and they start singing like John Denver. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I I apologize for that joke. That was bad. And a host of other nasty and dangerous conditions. Don't forget, do you know that some of these diseases can be caught by people as well? All right. Oh, so yeah. you just want to make sure Lyme that they're disease, protected. You can get that from your dog. And that's that is serious. Not, yeah, that's a big deal. Really? Um, keep your dog's paws cool. Now, this is something I did notice with Dixie because I've got black interior, leather interior inside my car. And if it's parked outside and not in the garage, we hop in the car and uh, and her little paw pads are 
quite hot. She's very upset for a little She's while. She's dancing around a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So consider that. I, you know, if you got a dark interior, getting your dog into a hot car, maybe just throw a towel down on mm-hmm. the seat, kind of give them that relief. Now, your dog should also always have access to fresh drinking water, mm. okay, and shade especially if they're spending any time outdoors. Yes. Be real, real careful. Um, I know that with Dixie, I have to keep an eye on that water bowl mm. because there are days when she won't drink much and there are days when she'll drink all kinds. I know. And if you don't watch that bowl, you know, and Dixie is a is a lady dog. She is a Southern woman, a Southern lady, so she will not drink out of the you-know-what. Oh. <laughs> like some of these boy dogs. The first time I had one of my children's dogs come and stay, also I heard this noise. It's like lap, lap. He was drinking out of the toilet. Oh, no. And I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, this is not. Ew. No, we don't, oh, we don't do that in this we family. We don't do that here. No. <laughs> Dixie would never. I honestly think she would thirst to death before she did that. You think so? Yeah. You know. That's what she's that's why you just, now, let me also ask on that note. Yeah. When it's really hot outside, mm-hmm. you put ice in her water for, you don't, for her, oh, don't you? Oh, what a sweet thing to do. Do no, you? No. I don't no? Know. No. But, what? you know, she will, she will chase an ice cube if I get one out of the dispenser and slide <laughs> it across the floor. Yes, absolutely. Now, what is your dog's name? Leela. Leela. She's like a beagle, pit bull, bulldog mix. Oh, my. She's like a stocky little fat, chubby beagle. And yeah, she likes having ice in her water. And the same thing. We've got hardwood floors. So you take an ice cube out and it hits the floor. And as it goes sliding, she goes sliding behind it, right? Trying to chase it around the house. So precious. So, Leela, bless her little heart. How old is Leela? She is, oh, she's. Five, six? Okay. Somewhere like in there. She's, she's a little bit older. Six. Yeah. She's, she's still spry. I'll tell you what. Is she really? Oh, my goodness. Hmm. I think that's the wonderful thing about dogs is yeah. kind of like, you know, they're puppies. Right. And they always kind of stay yeah. like little toddlers. They do. They never grow up. Mm-mm. They're no. little toddlers forever with their little paws and wagon tails. I and know. I know. I remember my, my dog that, that passed away a couple of years ago. We had him for 15 years. Even in his old, old age, even in his last six months of life, um, I could get him to play, you know, mm-hmm. I could get him to be silly and to yeah. play. That's just one. I think it's one of the reasons we love dogs so Absolutely. much. I mean, what other breed of animal in the world has the capacity to love and play with us the way a dog does? I mean, I there's, don't know. there's, I don't know. there ain't, no, there's nothing else I don't, in my opinion. Have you ever thought in the hot weather guys about just picking up one of those cheap little kitty pools, you know, oh, yeah. from Walmart, yeah. throw in some water in there and let your dog splash around in it. I think that's a great idea. They love it. I know, right? Dogs who love the water naturally love it even more during the hot months. And, uh, you know, so a little kitty-sized pool might be a big hit with your favorite canine. Now, here's one other thing. Don't assume that your dog can swim well. No. Now, we, we always think that dogs can swim, and by and large, they can. But if you have one that hasn't swam before, you want to be a little careful with them. Okay, so just because dogs instinctively know how to swim doesn't mean that they're necessarily good at it. Right. And if your dog jumps in your swimming pool, he might not be able to get back out with a little bit of help. So, you know, be careful. Be careful. Yes. We're always worried about the kids, as we should be near pools. But even with your pets, you want to be careful. What are you laughing about? (laughs) Just made me think of um, I went when I was in high school, my mom and I went on vacation to the beach and we took her wiener dog Alvin with us. Alvin. Little dachshund. And. They're yeah. digging dogs, so he was out there in the yeah. sand having a blast. Mm-hmm. Well, I decided, come on, man, let's go in the water. You know, I'll be ankle deep, and you'll be swimming in it, you know, because yeah. he's a little dachshund. But we got out there, and lo and behold, we stepped off like a sandbar, so it just dropped oh, no. about a foot and a half really quick. So and Alvin I just, just... kind of lost my balance a little bit, and he just spelunk, <gasps> went under. And I was like, and I had a leash. I had his leash in my oh, hand, my thankfully. Thank goodness. But he went under, and all of a sudden, he popped back up, and his eyes were about the <gasps> size of his ears, yes, and he turned were. around 
doggy paddling as hard as he fun. could back to shore. That was enough fun for <laughs> the day. He's like, nope, I'm uh-uh. not doing the swimming. Nope, oh, nope, nope, nope. Little Alvin. <laughs> Thank goodness you had a, you had a little uh, a leash on you. Yeah, him. I mean, he was fine. He was able yeah. to get himself up and back out. But I just it just made me think of that. You're right. Some dogs just you know? don't like to swim. No, he's some, one of them. <laughs> some do and some don't. You just yeah, you got to be careful. You got to know your dog. And for those of you know who still want to, and that's just it's still summertime. People mm-hmm. are still going out on the boats. Yeah, they make doggy life jackets. If you're gonna take your dog out on the boat with you, please do that. Okay, I gotta tell you, please I do that. saw one. I saw one at Marshall's this yeah, week not in expensive. the checkout line. They're like thirty bucks, uh-huh. forty. I mean, even if you have a big dog, yeah. they're they're cheaper than a full than a people life preserver. Right. Please get one. Get for one your dog, for your dog. Because yeah. you never know. I mean, it was like yeah, it wasn't even that expensive. It's not. It so was, get one for your. And it was pup. adjustable, so it was for different sizes. And they dogs. have and they have a handle on the back. Yeah. So like if they fall in, you if can you grab them by the handle. Yeah, it's perfect. Did you know that dogs can get sunburns too? Really? Yeah, the the ones with really short hair or very light coats. So just be careful. You know, if they're huh. in the bright direct sunlight for long periods of time, yeah. I'm not going so far as to say you need to buy sunscreen for your dog. But just keep in mind, <laughs> if it's a really short cut, a very short, yes. it can get. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, everybody knows this. If you don't have a fence, keep your dog on a leash. Yes. Your neighbors will appreciate that, too. Yes, they will. Right. Also, watch your dog's weight. Do mm. you know? I have to tell you. I had to put Dixie on a diet last year. Oh, no. I used to just kind of fill up her bowl halfway, thinking uh-huh. that was, yeah, that looks like about right. Yeah. Come to find out, if you actually read the directions for how much they should be eating, it was actually much less. I was giving her probably twice as much food. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> she was getting a little uh, curvy. Little chubby. She's a little chubby, baby. <laughs> she was filling out. That's mm-hmm. all it was. Right? <laughs> Another thing to think about is keeping your windows screened. If you live on an, uh, like in a high-rise, I actually uh, had a situation with Dixie recently where I did not have a screen on a window that was on the second floor, and she put her paws up there, and she saw Ooh. a squirrel. In tr- I swear, I think if I hadn't grabbed her, she would have jumped out the second floor oh, window. No. Yeah. You know what? They see squirrel. That's You know true. how it is. Squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> They're going to run for it. Guys, we were so happy that you joined us this week for the Southern Sisters radio program. Remember, we have a recipes on our website, southernsistershome.com. Shoot us an email. I'd love to hear from you guys. Radio at southernsistershome.com. We'll see you next week. Oh, <laughs>